0: hey it's time for the image doctors photography podcast i'm jason odell
1: and i'm rick walker
0: and welcome to our last show of 2023 can you believe that it's been another year (laughs) i'm confused how did we get this far i don't know that means i'll go
1: into a period of forgetting to write down 2024 on things for at least a month
0: and we don't write checks anymore you know it's like almost not
1: that would be where you'd see it the most was
0: writing checks and remembering to put 20 or if you're in school i suppose then it was easy you had to change the date get pounded in your head for about the first two or three days but now that we don't write things i it's gonna take me forever (laughs) it's just it's tough but anyway we've made it to the end um We appreciate all of our listeners for sticking around uh, this long with us. If you're still listening to us, thank you. Um, And before we get into our topic, quick reminder that uh, this weekend on Saturday the 30th, we're having our holiday hangout. Uh, The two of us will be on Zoom with anybody who's in our Patreon subscribers, so if you're on our imagedoctorsphoto.com you can just click the become a sponsor link and i'll take you over to patreon and you can do that and we'll send out the the uh zoom links to all of our our sponsors so we appreciate and thank all of you guys again and we're looking forward to seeing some of you again And we had a really fun time last time didn't we
1: absolutely and yeah, got it a lot of good feedback so it'll be fun to do that again
0: so we can talk about whatever and drink eggnog or something i don't know it's all good yeah. Okay. Um, there were no
1: pop quizzes that we gave out to participants. So,
0: oh, there's an idea. We did trivia one time. Maybe yeah, we could do another trivia contest.
1: Yeah, I think my trivia was too obscure.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, so are we? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. I mean, come on. What yeah. color is a <laughs> Nikon <So> F? <laughs> so for today, we're we're uh, talking a little bit about our collective wish list for newer cameras. Yeah, features features that we'd like features and characteristics we'd like to see leaking a little bit into the system at times. Because that can influence things like controls and stuff. But right.
0: But if someone were to come to you and say if you could have control over a any kind of like what would you put in it? What were the features that you would want? And we're going to limit ourselves to general purpose Types of cameras right because there's niche cameras out there you know things that shoot 30 frames a second for sports or medium format cameras that -hmm. that, i mean certainly you you use and enjoy but that's not what we're talking about here you're going to make a camera that would be a great all-purpose type of of camera with the features that we have enjoyed from a variety of systems
1: landscape sports travel wildlife you know, all of those kinds of things being potential subjects with it. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, and we'll start with some other little caveats. You know, the first thing is we're going to build a mirrorless camera, right? Right. Okay. And the other thing is... Because honestly, I wouldn't do something other than that at this point. Right. I just wouldn't. Right. I'm, I'm with you there for all the reasons we've talked about in the past. Um, and the other thing we're not going to really dwell on is sensor format because it would pretty much work across any format you want uh, for the most part
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're not talking about medium formats but this could be anything from a you know it's not that any, but we would necessarily want a full frame or an APS-C or a four thirds those are all good the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about are features that we just like in the camera because all the sensors out there today are awfully good mm-hmm. so it Pretty much doesn't matter. You know, 15 years ago, we might have been talking about, well, our, we want a camera with 30 megapixels in it or something like that. We don't worry about that today. Any camera in that 20 to 45, 50 megapixel range would be suitable for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm not overstepping what, what the no. philosophy is here. Okay. So, um, so let's start with, we'll work from the kind of the outside in, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we should first talk about is the form factor that we like and things like controls and control layouts. Now we mentioned a mirrorless camera, so that's a given. Great. Right. But there's a lot of form factors out there. You know, there's big ones, there's gripped
1: bodies, there what what, what kind do we like? For me, um, I want an option of a vertical grip, but I do not want it built in. Mm-hmm. I don't want that bulk it, it, it just causes problems for me in a variety of situations. Um, so I want something that's smaller and lighter, um, mm-hmm. still handles well. Yeah, and I'm with
0: you for similar reason. If we're talking about a general purpose camera that I'm going to take around, and imagine this is your one camera, because a lot of cool. people, what they have one right. camera. So if you're going to have one camera, I'm with you there 100%. You can make the argument for grip bodies if all you do is shoot sports with giant lenses, right? That's fine. But the small form factor with the optional grip works great because it's far more compact and it's easier to pack a grip as a second option, you know, secondary mm-hmm. accessory than it is to put it on the body a lot of times. So what I'm with you there.
1: In my own experiences, 95% of the time I don't use the vertical grip. So mm-hmm. to me that... Makes it right. really clear.
0: It it has some advantages at times. Um, not mm-hmm. the least of which is, you know, extra battery capacity. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, I like having a lot of external direct controls, you know, things right. that are that are directly accessible that don't require menus. I want an ISO button, you know, if I need it, or I want an exposure compensation button, which most cameras have, but um I like being able to customize the buttons. Uh, mm-hmm. one, one feature I've come across recently is, you know, not only the ability to customize a button, but buttons that can have two functions, one where you just press the button and release it and it toggles a feature on or off, but a press, hold, and command dial turn for options within that feature. That's great. Mm-hmm. I like that. From an ergonomic and and functional standpoint. So if I assign assign a button to say, you know, subject detection, and I hold it in and turn the command dial, I then can cycle through birds and dogs and planes, trains, and automobiles.
1: Yeah. One one thing that I just thought of that we hadn't discussed before, um, and it's not a hard preference, but it's a Mm -hmm. preference, is if a camera uh, has touch controls for everything.
0: Oh, those are nice too. That's what I prefer.
1: Not Almost all of them will allow you to move the focus point, maybe even fire the shutter and things like that. But a lot of them don't work once you get into working through the menus. And it's just nice to be able to use touch stuff for everything. As a general preference, I
0: also like a top LCD. All yeah. my cameras, uh, they yeah. don't all have them. It's not a deal breaker, but it's nice. Yep. Me too. Um, it, it affects the form factor, so it's trade offs for size. Depends mm-hmm. on on what you have. And then speaking of LCDs, I think we would both agree that we really like the implementation of the dual axis tilt LCD. This is the kind that you can flip up, or flip down, or flip out in a vertical for a vertical shooting.
1: Yeah, and it's what you'll find on a few of the Fuji XT series, like the newer five, the older three and two, the Nikon Z eight and nine. Yeah. It's um, a great design. The Sony A7R five has an interesting one that does it. It's that's my absolute preference. And and, uh, and I just if I were a video that. photographer, I'd give an a an- different answer. I'd probably right say, the the type that flips out to the side and you can see from the front. But I don't care about that at all.
0: No, and, and I find them awkward to use. They're also less clandestine if you're trying to do street photography. Mm-hmm. I like that little flip-up screen where you That's can great. just tilt it up, look down at your camera like you're chimping and take a picture of somebody mm-hmm. like you're using a waist-level finder. Mm-hmm. Um, um, What else on the... On the uh, oh, and then I prefer... If I'm going to have a set of controls for my camera, Mm -hmm. I like the, and I'm biased here, but I like the front and rear command dial layout where you have a shutter speed dial and a, uh, you know, aperture dial at your fingertips, one on the thumb, one on the forefinger, Um, you know, top dials can be useful, but they're much clunkier to use. Um, yeah. So they're fine for changing modes or whatever, but I don't like a lot of top dials, even though the retro cameras are kind of fun. I, I wouldn't prefer that for my general purpose camera.
1: I would put that one in the category of a, a very interesting and nice um, niche camera for me, where I you like them on the, occasion. The control dial, the, the top dials? Yeah, a shutter speed dial specifically. Yeah. Right. Um, but if it's a more of a general purpose one, I'd rather use a dial on the back of the camera. To control I mean, it kind of gets
0: into these other things about
1: the system stops.
0: You know, right. it gets into whether your lenses have aperture rings, which I know you like. You know, if you have I that, that's a cool thing. That. You know, I mean, that's that's a nice thing. And so, you know, we're talking about a camera, but you know, one of the things we want on our camera is it to be in a system that we, <laughs> we would enjoy. So we'll right. get back to some of those those desires um, a little bit la- uh, a little bit later. Later, I can't speak this thing. <laughs> okay, um, what about things like uh, card slots? We both like two card slots, right? Why not? I don't um, always use them, frankly. No, but they're useful. Mm-hmm. And if if one of the card slots is an SD, that has some advantages. Um, we both like have used both the CF Express Type B, which is the evolution, um, same form factor as what XQD was, which is being phased out those are great cards too. We like them. they're fast. They offer some uh, some benefits for download and transfer and robust construction that you know mm-hmm. they tend to be a bit bit stronger. SD cards are nice when you're traveling. they're small. Um, you can find them anywhere.
1: That's helpful if you forget to bring cards with you <laughs> right.
0: And what we've found is for general purpose shooting where you're not doing crazy high volume stuff, I mean, I've I've never gone over the overflown a 128 gig card. Even a 64 is often enough. It's Mm -hmm. the sweet spot, I think, for most general purpose photographers. So you're not going to need that second card. But a second slot does give you some options. Mm -hmm. Overflow, you put JPEGs on it. You know, there's things you can do.
1: Since we're designing our own. Right. Two slots.
0: Right. I guess it's debatable if you want the slots to be identical or different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, that, that's uh, one of those things. Um, I'm looking through our list. Um, I think that is most of the form factor stuff. Um, let's move on to something like the viewfinder. Because that's another big thing. Because you're
1: looking through it all the time. At least I am. And and you and I have some different preferences in that area, yeah, for a very they're pretty good reason. similar,
0: but but there are some things to consider. So, I'll let you go with your item that you brought up first, Rick, on the BVF size.
1: Sure. So for me, and this is where it's going to be different: the bigger, the better. Mm-hmm. I love an enormous, immersive viewfinder. It's huge, it huge, and I don't necessarily need a, a really high eye point. Meaning. Um, how far I can back away mm-hmm. from the eyepiece and still see the the whole right. image. I'm fairly insensitive to that since I don't wear glasses.
0: Right. But I, but do I mean, like, a definitely a good resolution on that.
1: Yeah, and, and right now I'd say if it gets into that 5.76 category and greater, it's plenty good. And and some of the 3.69 ones are, are really quite good too. Just if I'm going to design when right. I'll go with the five something at least
0: and we want right. it to be Oled
1: mm-hmm. so it has so better it has contrast nice colors and, and contrast and, and,
0: right and, and subtleties so it's it's not too uh, contrasting we want a good refresh rate those are nice yeah. too so all of yeah. those things are important for me and, all of that is 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 true still too
1: yeah and for me I would want at least an 80 percent magnification if not higher you know I've got a a couple cameras that are higher than that one that's 90 and one that's a hundred. And those are just freaking awesome. <laughs> they really are. That's <laughs> very cool. I that's love very cool.
0: Um, for me, part of the, ch- if you do wear glasses, there's two things that can, can help you. One is being able to reduce the size of the EVF a mm-hmm. little bit, which is something that we saw in, or I saw in the Nikon Z eight and nine, which was nice. And I used that mode. It's in a bunch of them. Yeah. And so that, that's helpful. The other thing, though, is also the design of the eyepiece itself. And I know that a lot of people like cupped eyepieces to kind of keep glare out. But if you wear glasses, they're a, they're a pain. So I've always liked the circular flat eyepieces that my Nikons often had, the 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 higher end Nikons, the Z9s, the, Z, the D850s, that, that didn't have the cup. Because with when you wear glasses, it just puts your eye that much farther back from the viewfinder, and you're not getting the benefit of the shade. <laughs> you know, you're just not. Right. Side light is a pain trying to look through a viewfinder. So that's that's a thing that I like. Um, so that's I like having
1: a, a, an RGB, you know, red, green, blue histogram in the viewfinder. Right. You know, that shows each of those colors, and I don't really want it spread out all over the viewfinder. You know, one relatively compact one mm-hmm. that um, doesn't take up, that doesn't cover up too much of the image is my preference. Right. And, and
0: speaking of that experience. Seeing the colors is handy. Yeah. The Speaking of that experience of what you see in the viewfinder, I like to have information, but I also like to be able to declutter my viewfinder. Yes. And, and, and you know, this is something that not all cameras do. Uh, the Z9 was actually excellent for this. Uh, which gave tremendous configuration control over what items appeared in your viewfinder. And you could just customize it. Um, and you could customize each viewfinder screen as you went to, you know, if you wanted different ones as you toggled through them or cycled through them. But sometimes when I'm shooting, all I want to see is my exposure settings on the bottom, usually or wherever, mm-hmm. a rule of thirds grid line, mm-hmm. which, you know,
1: Always, I keep always, that on all the time.
0: Yeah, all, always there. And then my live view histogram, which I will sometimes turn off for d- depending on the kind of shooting that I'm doing. If I'm shooting casual, I want that histogram up. If I'm shooting action, I'll turn it off because it's kind of you know, less important. Um, I like things like leveling indicators. Um, I like clean, just straight line virtual horizons. Um, but those are extra ones, right? Those are those are nice things to have in there. I want them, but I'm not going to have them up all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I, I thought that was a strength, really, of of um, when I first got my Z9. That was something that was really great about it was where you could configure that viewfinder.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now let's um, go to the next major thing, which is an autofocus system. Oh, you so, know, before we left something mm-hmm. out, Rick. You know, we talked about sensor not being a big deal because you know factor, but we would want a stacked sensor camera if we were going to have, it. yeah. A what silent what we
1: really mean by that is something that you can shoot reliably in a silent mode and not worry too much, you know, about the. God, why can shutter. I never? Yeah, I... Something about doing right. podcasts. Yeah. makes me forget that term, and I don't but it's, know it's, it's it is.
0: It's, it's the ability to shoot at high frame rates, at high shutter speeds, and have the, sh- the sensor be able to read out the data more quickly enough so you don't get weird artifacts. So we would right. want that in our camera at this point in time. There are yes. cameras that don't have it that are fine for other, other types of things, but if I had to pick one, we'd take that. Now, autofocus is the other huge thing.
1: Right? Yeah, and I would absolutely want subject detection in the, in a new camera at this point
0: and phase uh, detection, just to say, we're going to just go right there.
1: Well, that's, it's I mean, kind that's of a, a given, given it, you know, it hasn't always been no, but, but at this point it is. And, and with the subject detection, you know, certainly at working reliably, preferably with a greater set of wildlife um, than mm-hmm. currently exists and any of the brands, they could all use a little bit more breadth uh, on those things. I don't care so much about the transportation ones, but heck, that's fine. I think the key thing for me is if the face and eye detection for people Mm -hmm. can be treated just like the other subject detection modes, that's my strong preference. And I would also like it to be able to automatically switch in situations between, um, let's say mammals and birds reptiles yeah and stuff. That, that was and a feature that I
0: liked you know
1: where you could just have an auto
0: subject detect and mm-hmm. it would work that can be useful um I also understand the value of being able to just set one right you can have mm-hmm. only doing birds today so I want to set it on bird that would potentially make sense um I also and we both would agree you know face and eye detection is is important um
1: and by the way I would like it to work in all of the patterns. That the camera has. Oh, the, the target. Not, pa- yeah, the, not the just AF one, areas. Not just two, all That's of them. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there.
0: And I also would say I want direct control over my AF subject detection options that don't require me to dive into a menu or use a clue. Mm-hmm. Having a button, you know, where you can turn it on or off <laughs> is is critical because as we've talked about a lot with autofocus, subject detection can fail. And when it fails, you start seeing the camera decides there's faces in the shadows or whatever and it sees things you're like what the heck is this. So being able to turn it off without having to go into a menu system is is uh you know and that that goes back to these direct button controls. Um that's important. And then the other thing I think we would both agree on is this evolution of the feature that we see in some cameras with the, what they call like single point tracking autofocus. Mm -hmm. And there's, it's called different things like Nikon calls it 3d tracking and you know, whatever. And I think Sony has a different name for it as well, but this idea where you can basically use a single point and the subject is irrelevant. You put it on something and then it follows that, that object throughout your frame. It's looking
1: at color and, and, Tones yeah, and ontoplasm. patterns.
0: Yes, and
1: when As it works, opposed it's to great. is it a is it an animal's eye or whatever? It's sure. it's arbitrary,
0: right? I mean, the eye detection thing is good when it works, but mm-hmm. for general purpose shooting, that 3D tracking with th- cameras like the Nikon Z8 and nine, or I think in your Sony and does Canon have that too? I think? Yeah, oh, yeah. R- I mean, that's a R5 wonderful does. feature. It's a it's a wonderful feature because you can just use it you can treat it two ways one is you can have your composition more or less constant and allow the subject to move around the frame or you can recompose without having to move your focus point around cuz it just locks on to whatever you stuck it on
1: yeah so it becomes an incredibly nice general purpose Absolutely. configuration yeah
0: and i think that was kind of how i would default my my cameras to if, when it, when it works you know Um, Mm -hmm. you know if it works well it's awesome but some some cameras they they don't stick so well so stickiness is important Mm -hmm. and then speaking of stickiness we like autofocus systems that you can sort of configure the sensitivity the behavior of the system at least a little bit and memo to manufacturers out there nobody seems to know how to describe their focusing systems with the you know parameters
1: that exist not one has ever done it well. not one company so if their own engineers can't do it how in the heck are you expecting <laughs> photographers to take full advantage of those things i mean without I have just tried. enormous time investments it's I
0: crazy have, i have tried with multiple brands to figure out what it's actually doing you know i know canon used to have these cases and they would give you scenarios and that's well, okay you know that 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 helps but Oh my gosh, there's there's certain settings that you you read the manual and you go, "All right, well this should behave this way." And then it doesn't behave that way, and you're like, "What the heck?" You
1: know, it's like, "Well, there, there are things like doesn't even does it even apply to subject detection or not?" Is that discussed? Right. Nope. nope. Nope, nope. So anyway, we we like that. But, you know, being yeah. able to dial up the sensitivity
0: whether the autofocus is biased towards the center or nearest object, whatever. All those things that you might might think um, okay. Now getting into a little bit more esoteric stuff, um, other features, and we'll try not to spend too much time dwelling on them. What about frame rate, Rick? You know, me, I do. So single <laughs> shot, I get it. You just want no, <laughs> no continuous drive. No,
1: I'm yeah, maybe 99% of the time, but <laughs> no, when I, when I do it, I, I don't really need really high frame rates you know on if i'm being honest with myself 10 frames per second is usually plenty and i'll go a little bit farther. at the 15
0: at the top. tends to be more than enough even for birds mm-hmm. i'm not kidding because most of the time you're just trying to get different wing positions it's not a big deal uh the downside to 20 25 30 frames per second is a volume of images that is untenable sometimes
1: right now one that i think you would be more likely put on the list and in my case it's like yeah it'd be nice but Mm -hmm. is that pro capture or whatever you want to call it the pre-burst yeah yeah Yeah.
0: that is a wonderful feature if you do any kind of action because what it lets you do is take fewer frames see if you're holding down the button with these long bursts hoping to catch action you're getting a lot of throwaway frames Mm -hmm. on the other hand if you're pre-buffering the entire time Hit the release when you see the action in the viewfinder. And you've got a couple of frames on either side of where you press the button in terms of the timeline. That's handy because it increases the odds that that one moment of peak action is something that you're going to capture. So, yes, I do right. like that feature. I don't use it a lot, but I've used it. And when, it, mm-hmm. I, when I have used it, it's worked very well. A yeah. um, couple of other things. How um, about
1: bracketing stuff? Yeah, that's... There's several categories of it.
0: There there are, and, you know, a big disappointment is when you get a camera that only brackets three shots one stop apart. You know, this is for things like HDR, because we're not bracketing like we used to with film anymore, right? I mean, that's...
1: Fortunately, I don't think those are
0: made anymore, but... Yeah. The... So at least two EV steps, mm-hmm. three, five frames, and two things around that... Um, if you can give me unidirectional bracketing, which some of the Nikons had at one point, great. You could just do zero plus one plus two or zero plus two plus four, whatever, right? Three mm-hmm. shots in the plus direction or three shots in the minus direction. A lot of times that's all I would ever need because you're not going to use those extreme ends of the, the bracketing sequence for your HDR merge.
1: No. And I actually like the option of just two shots. Mm -hmm. That works a lot too. Yeah. Just that that usually is enough for me. Mm -hmm.
0: Depends on the scene, but you're, you're absolutely Mm -hmm. right. And then another cool thing that some cameras offer that we both like is single release bracketing. In other words, you press the shutter one time and it takes the entire sequence for you. Yes. Which is nice because you're not using a release and you're, you you don't have to mess with your tripod. You know, you just, Push the
1: button and it takes the There's shot. There's a possibility of hand holding those. Mm-hmm. You
0: know, there it's is. It's
1: not too hard.
0: Right. So, and, and so you, you don't have, have to hold it back. the shutter each like time that.
1: or use yeah. the self timer Forget getting. Right.
0: Okay. Um, I like cameras. If I'm designing one, it's going to have multiple exposure. It's going to do more than two shots, like, you know, eight or 10,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's going to produce a raw bottom.
1: Mm-hmm. And a merged raw file, a merged not RAW a bunch enough. of them that you have to merge. No, no, no. It's going to create a
0: multiple exposure merge, right? That's raw. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something: the D850 did this, and it was a great creative feature. Mm-hmm. And then it went away in the Z cameras. And I want to strangle somebody. <laughs> so I <it> was like, <laughs> "This was if you do any kind of create because there's some cool creative things you can do when you get above two shot multiple exposure. You can do some really." really cool stuff so that's something that i personally like um and along with that speaking of in-camera raw files i think we both occasionally like to have the ability to process a raw file in the camera into a jpeg Mm -hmm. just there's time oh you know this one needs to be a lighter tone or i'm gonna uh, you know just because you're somewhere and you just want to make a jpeg and share it because you don't you know you're not in front of your computer or anything like that yeah not for high I end processing. Um, no,
1: but it's it's useful. Um, I would focus say bracketing. Our, focus bracketing is Nice, is nice. I very mainly good. use that for close up things. I don't really use it so much for landscape. I'll with landscape stuff I'll I'll make shots at different distances, but usually I'll just do that via the touch screen and go yeah, close, a little bit further away, a little bit further away, distant. Done. Yeah, that's usually that's, enough.
0: It is. It is. Um
1: and I don't want a bazillion images to merge. Right. And and you know, to go with that,
0: and some other we one thing we left out, just looking at our list here, a good IBIS system. Yeah. Because that makes all of this stuff even better. It makes hand holding better. It makes things like I mean, you could actually do handheld focus stacking and you've got a good IBIS system. Mm-hmm. You know and there uh, there's
1: some good ones out there there are uh um multiple ones that are in that at least in terms of specs eight stop category
0: mm-hmm. yeah and, and some that, of them require a lens but it's nice when you've got it in the body yeah yeah so it's, those are those are good things it's great I um, take as
1: many stops as I can get on that yeah
0: and you know to go with the focus bracketing and other things um I would just say embracing computational photography Mm -hmm. options you know whatever those may be right now they're they're limited but include things like the virtual nd filters that we see with some of the om system cameras or you know like the oh that feature the live bulb mode where you can watch your watch your image very nice it's very handy it's It's not just cool. cool
1: it's very handy it's useful
0: um and if i'm going to put one other sort of hardware feature in my camera it's going to have built-in gps mm-hmm. uh, it's a great feature i just oh, really,
1: i'd be happy to take it
0: yeah it's it's not out there in in very many cameras uh, i know the z9 had it i don't remember if there's anybody else who's got built-in gps in a camera at this point. not sure
1: Maybe there were there some is. that had it and then their replacement models did not you know it's just kind of funny i mean
0: your phone has it so it, i am kind of <laughs> over the impression that if my phone camera can have it why can't my you know my interchangeable lens camera right. have that feature right it's well, a little bit weird did i did i miss anything or you know cuz we're running out of, out of time here but uh trying to think you know just system stuff you know the camera is not um in a vacuum right it's going to be surrounded
1: by Lenses and flashes,
0: other things,
1: right? I, I know one that's worth mentioning, um, that I don't think we've talked about yet today, and that's a better smartphone app. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're ones that just don't work very well, and some that are have some very clever features in them that we wish were on all of them, right? Um,
0: so features like being able to save your camera settings individually. Or as a group to your smartphone, app.
1: right? Like all the custom functions,
0: but that's really good. And, and, and save
1: go- and restore, and oh. have multiple versions of of them that you can um, restore. Right. Um, that's that's just an awesome thing, right?
0: Because it gives you options of using that in ways you wouldn't if you had to do everything as a blanket restore, of one you know, all at once. That's hard. That's not a great implementation.
1: Yeah, and and don't make me wake up an app you know, every 45 minutes or half hour in order to get it to tag GPS stuff. That drives me nuts.
0: Well, that's why I want the GPS built in. Thank you
1: very much. I know. But But this is my next best thing. Yeah. And
0: as long as we're mentioning it, we want our camera menu system to be logical and easy to navigate.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, because some are better than others. I don't like scrolling through lists of 30 items across multiple pages to find that one item
1: right you know
0: and we both rely on that my menu feature in cameras that have that where you can put commonly used things that you would never find otherwise into
1: that into And that. i want more than 2 pages of those yeah yeah those 3, three is usually good. adequate 2 is not enough 5 is right out. Yeah. no no yep.
0: sorry different <laughs> uh, okay but you know going back to the system i think you know we both like having good lens options and I, I know that you had written down something, you know, options that include smaller and lighter ones. So not everything is a big, heavy lens. Those are fine, but not everything, you know, it's not what we always want.
1: And ideally good third party lens support. Mm-hmm. It's not absolutely necessary if the camera company made all the right options at all the right price points, but none of them really do. Um, so it, it's, it's nice having some third-party options.
0: Absolutely, absolutely robust, and not just
1: the simple manual, manually everything lenses, right? And if I'm making it the lenses, focus, etc.
0: In a perfect world, I would make logical trios of lenses, you know, that you would use together, like a super wide zoom and a mid-range zoom and a, you know, maybe a telephoto zoom or whatever. And give them all the same filter threads, like it used to be back in the day. I don't think that's ever going to happen anymore. But hey, if I'm if I'm playing, you know, ruling by decree, I think make it can happen. You know. Oh,
1: you triggered one final thought, and then I'll shut up. Okay. Um, so you were talking about lenses. f/4 lenses are not bad options.
0: No, I don't no, always
1: not. want to carry around 2.8 aperture lenses. And the variable aperture ones aren't bad, but it's kind of nice if if the aperture doesn't vary when you're doing manual exposure. So I, I like having good quality sharp F4 lenses. I do too.
0: And give me something that's in that 24 to 120 or 24 to 105 range for when yep. I'm traveling, and I can yep. have one lens that does just about everything. And that can be an F4. And it can be. And and I and I it's think about perfect, in fact. I I, I don't like there's a there was a certain snobbery around two eight and faster lenses at a, you know for a time those were mm-hmm. the pro lenses and everything else was a slow or a variable aperture they don't have to be like your, your point f four mm-hmm. lenses can be very good and we don't see enough of them from all of yeah. the manufacturers so yeah that have those okay. Um, I think if, that's a good set. <laughs> I think that's a long list of stuff. If we left so something hopefully out, hopefully the camera manufacturers
1: that, got all those down. Yeah, get that guy. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> if if there's a feature that you wanted to have in a camera, let us know. Drop us a note. Um, you know, over at uh, you can contact us through through our Facebook page, or we have um, contact on our Image Doctors photo dot com website which is also where you can sign up to become a sponsor of the podcast which helps us do things like come up with ideas like this because it's always helpful to get your input on things so don't forget our holiday hangout is coming out on saturday afternoon at 3 p.m u.s eastern time on zoom and you need to be a sponsor to get the link for that so until next time happy holidays happy new year and happy shooting all right bye bye